so um, there's a very exciting production coming to our region. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am about it because I saw the film and um, I was in the process of developing a concept for a, a dance festival. And I watched that film and I said, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And we can yeah. do that here. So yeah. it, it, that, and that came out for me, I saw it just about the same time that Jean-Baptiste's video Freedom came out. Yeah. I said, okay, we can do it in New Orleans too, without a doubt. Um, and of course we have such a, a growing, a very substantial and growing Latino population here. So um, it, it's such a natural for us to have this. Um, so everybody, this is Neil Eli. He is one of the performers in the new production of In the Heights at the Jefferson Performing Arts Center, which everybody's very excited about because it's been redone and it's, it's really, um, I haven't been there yet. I have to be honest. I, I haven't been getting out a whole lot. Um, recently, it seems like all I do is work, but we're going to. Are you going to come check it out? You know, I'm going to try to. I just had surgery. And my husband was in a really bad car wreck. So the two of us are kind of um, on the down low at the moment, you might say. I don't okay. know right. I hope everything is better for you guys, for sure. It would be, it would be uplifting. There's no doubt about it. Watching the, the, the uh, film was, and, and, and actually I think that's a good opening for our conversation because it is so uplifting on many levels because it, it certainly of course addresses um, how um, new immigrants uh, merge into uh, let's let's just let's be honest older waves of immigrants um anyway i'm um was really thrilled to see how that was handled in the film because it's it's very tender it's very caring and loving on the one hand and then it's it's dealing with some very traumatic situations that immigrants have to deal with so i think you must have loved being able to do this and tell me about your part and you playing it and how it affected you for sure. Um, so I play um, I play Benny, and um, I I work in the dispatch. I work for the Rosarios, and um, I'm really close or best friends with Usnavi. You could say um, the storyline tells a lot of different stories within one, and it also talks about the community. It talks about immigration. It also talks about like gentrification, and uh, you know, it also shows with my character how he's an entrepreneur, how he's looking for more, how he wants to do more with himself when he sees um more of a career for himself than working for somebody else as he likes to say um he's working on another man's dime he's learning on another man's dime excuse me so he can yeah. pursue his career right. um but uh, my story um because Blenny, benny is a uh, a black character um in my storyline it kind of shows how benny's a lover and he's trying to um be with someone that he's as me and my partner Kelly would like to say, someone that he's had a crush on for a really long time, but his father, her father doesn't really approve of it because he's not from the culture. So it's kind of, it's kind of sad a little bit, kind of heartbreaking, but it's like, you know, that, that love story where, you know, there's always something in the middle where you're trying to overcome that. And that's something where I've like dealt with a lot in my life. So I kind of, you know. Um, that resonated that, for you. Yeah. yeah, I empathize with him a lot with uh, his his love interest and his love and his love story, exactly. That's so interesting because um, as an older married lady, <laughs> that that uh, didn't capture my attention as much as 
the um, his his uh, the lead, and I and I'm not going to be able to just distinguish and remember who's what in terms of the names, but um, who tries to engage youth in um, understanding their lives and their challenges and their opportunities. Um, was one of the, the things that caught my attention the most because I really believe that one of the most important issues that we have to deal with in New Orleans is is the failures of our education system for sure our our youth for the realities of a new we're going through a really major revolution in yeah. the economy and we're, we're not dealing with it in terms of preparing people and that's one of the reasons we have a lot of kids out on the streets who don't know what their opportunities and potential are and 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 feel lost and feel okay i'll just hit right. because they only really know what's in what's what's like in front of them you know like what's being brought in front of them and like the educational system is supposed to you know enhance like you know their dreams and aspirations of what they want but if the education system is failing them then they're going back to where they where they're learning all the things that aren't supposed to be helping them in the right way because that's one thing that happened with me all the time like uh, i i grew up in new orleans but my mom really wasn't a fan of the educational system. So then she moved us to St. Charles Parish. And that's when I started getting it. Yeah. yeah. That was a culture shock. Yeah, for sure. Wow. It was a huge change for me. But that's Ooh. where I got into the theater and everything like that. But I agree with Is you. Is that right? That, oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. So it, it was a, the educational system offered more? Uh, that, that's, what my, that's what my mom said when I was a kid. She, she said she moved us out there for a better educational system, a better a better uh, way of learning, I guess. She liked the schools a lot more and she liked where we were living. But, you know, me, I'm a New Orleans boy, see, you know, raised. So I was like, what is this? I, I need to go back home. How old were you when you moved there? I uh, believe I was around like seven. So even at seven, you felt you had New Orleans in your blood. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, you were saying, what is this St. Charles thing? Yeah, because I was I was living in a small town called Ama, Louisiana. So A-M-A. -A. I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, and it's only like maybe like five, six streets. So I was like, what is this? And I had, <laughs> I had a horses running in my, like, and there's like a barn in my backyard. It was crazy. But, you know, I, I wish that the educational system gets better here for sure, because I have family members who go to school out here. Uh, I have a girlfriend who has a daughter who goes to school out here. She goes to art school. So, you know. I wish the best for the schools out here for sure, because the teachers and the schools are what makes, you know, this is what's forming the next generation of like, you know, leaders and, you know, police officers, firefighters, politicians, musicians, et cetera. So I hope they get the best of the best that they can and teachers get the appreciation they deserve for sure. Right. And, and also, I think that the whole creative arena is something that uh, too many of our schools, our educators, our teachers, and even our parents and so on, don't really understand the opportunities in those fields. Um, I work with a nonprofit that actually has a program that we're trying to get better funded that does exactly that, teaches youth about the career and job opportunities in the creative arena. How, how did you uh, get involved with the creative arena, so to speak? Um, so I used to play sports all the time. I used to play football, basketball, baseball, because that's what it was at St. Charles Parish. It was so wait, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say, okay, one way to get into the creative fields is sports. No, 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 no. I was I was I was doing that because when I was living in St. Charles Parish, that was like 
really what it was known for, like it's sports. Like if you look at like a lot of NFL players that are in the league now or basketball players, a lot of them come from St. Charles Parish or the high school that right. I came from. Yeah. So they have yeah. a, just a really strong uh, sports uh, faculty and program. For sure. But then there was a there was a time where I was, you know, I, I wasn't always the greatest kid. So I, I got in trouble one but time. One of us was the greatest kid. <laughs> I can tell you I wasn't one of them. But anyway, go ahead. I got in trouble one time at school and my dad uh, came Only to one time? Yeah, maybe like once or two, twice. I was, I was always like the shy <laughs> kind of kid in the background. But, you know, I was always, I was a goofball sometimes too. So I got in trouble for saying something to one of my classmates. My dad had to come get me from the school and he couldn't figure out a punishment for me, like, you know, like a grounding or something like that. So we were walking past a sign that said auditions for high school musical. And then he said, that's what you're going to do right there. And I Damn. was like, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I've never done that before. Right. And your father must be some kind of special guy. Yeah. Think about putting you into a creative program to extract you from acting out. Yeah, but so it, it's, acting it, out, you learn how to act. Act, yeah. <laughs> wow. But like being being creative has always been in my blood. You know, my dad was a singer. My mom is my mom is a singer. Um, she she's had a, some you know albums and things out. They called her the Queen of the Bayou in New Orleans. So oh. that's how we started. Like that's how I started singing more and dancing more and getting more into it when I got more into theater with her. So you do, so you do dance also. Yeah, I, I sing, I dance, I, I do a little, um, I do a little um, acting from time to time. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a, it's it's great to have uh, the multiplicity of talents uh, because then it makes your career potential so much fl more flexible. And yeah. it's very characteristic today. A lot of people say, you know, should I study this or that? It, it isn't this or that. It's this and that. Mm -hmm. We really have to be um, multidisciplinary because that's where the arts are. Yeah, everybody loves a variety pack, you know? We want a Reese's, a Snicker, and a Hershey bar all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have a comedic capacity also. I try to. <laughs> I think laughter brings a lot of joy to everybody, you know? There's a lot of bad things, a lot of hatred going around. So as much as I can make people smile, is that's all I can do. And that's why I love theater too, you know? Because people come to the show and you laugh, you smile, you cry, you shed tears. But overall, it's a very joyful experience that can you know uplift anybody's day or uplift anybody's you know, soul or anything like that just by the stories being told so that's one thing I appreciate it appreciate about theater the most because so many people leave with smiles you know yeah. everyone's just like oh my gosh it was so great I had such a great time and that's all I really want you know yeah you know um I can't resist asking so your father punishes you by putting you into a uh, a creative program how, how, how does it go from there to you actually really taking this seriously as a life. Uh, do you view this as your life's work? I mean, is this? Is yeah, I've been, ever since then, I've been doing theater. I haven't stopped. Um, once once that happened, I got, I was, I was a freshman, sophomore in high school. And once it happened, um, I was an ensemble member, which I kind of expected it being my first show. But then maybe two weeks before the show, someone dropped out. And it was a guy who was playing Chad and I'm sorry, the guy who was playing Zeke. I'm sorry. The guy who makes the creme brulees. And um, my director was like, does anybody want this part? Does anybody know it? Nobody raised their hand. And I was like, yo, we've been at rehearsals for what, three months and nobody knows this. I got it. Give it to me. I'll do it. 
And then after I did that, I just continued to do theater and the director continued to ask me to do things. I started joining choirs and started singing with like university choirs or the, the high school choir, I'm sorry. Um, and then I started, you know, doing the different things like that and continued to do show after show after show. Um, and then once I got to college, I decided, I was trying to decide if I wanted to do business or if I wanted to do theater because, you know, I was trying to think of things for the long run because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But then I received a scholarship, a, the a theater scholarship from St. Charles Parish from a family. Um, they, they started a scholarship for their daughter who loved theater, who unfortunately passed away in a car accident. And I got a $4,000 scholarship for college for theater for that. So once that happened, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And, you know, St. Charles turned out to be a good thing all the way around. Yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, St. Charles Parish, give me a sponsorship. Huh? What was the name of the family that uh, um, I, I don't necessarily remember. I feel I feel kind of bad that I don't remember the name. It was so I long. Ago. That, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. I, I'm going to look I'm going to look into that, though, for sure. Send Thanks it to for, me and I'll include it in our, what we write up in our newsletter. Because, you know, we're sure. doing both a newsletter and a, um, the radio show. Okay. So, okay, uh, uh, I'm fascinated. I could just listen to you talk about your, your own career for the rest of the uh, program, but we do have to get back to the, the show itself. So tell me um, a little bit more. Uh, you know, a lot, I don't think a lot of people in New Orleans know about In the Heights, to be honest. Um, it was a big hit, it was a big deal, but it's a little bit more of an East Coast thing uh, mm -hmm. in a way, because of course it's all about upper Manhattan, uh, which is an area I'm familiar with because I grew up in the Bronx right across from it. So um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of familiar with the, um, how it developed. It, it developed around the same time that I was in, in school in, in the Bronx. And so I was familiar with that whole big uh, Latino uh, um, immigration into the city. In, in the Bronx, it was Puerto Rican, but I think in um, the Heights, wasn't it a little bit more Dominican? Am I, am I remembering correctly? I believe so. I believe so. So, so share with the um, audience who's listening to us right now what this is all about. Uh, so In the Heights was created by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who was a genius. Um, oh. And it, it takes place, like you were saying, In the Heights, and um, it's basically the story told through um, the lead character's name is Usnavi. And it's telling, in my opinion, it's telling like multiple stories as well. It's telling the story of him, of Abuela, it's telling the story of Benny is showing the life inside of the Heights. And it's also showing about the heat inside of the Heights of how hot it is and how these immigrants are living inside of this, this place that is slowly becoming gentrified. And it's, and that's, you know, I also kind of, understand that a lot because I live in New Orleans and that's like a big thing that happens here as well as gentrification. Yeah. So it, it tells that. And then, there's, you know, there, there's some love stories inside of the musical as well. There's some, there's a lot of, there's some, I don't know what to say without giving away too much, you know, cause I want people to come see it. You got to know the ins and outs of it, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful show that's put on that's told all by people of color and um, it's talking about gentrification, immigration. Um, it has some really good, good hard points that it talks about and it, it really gets down to the core of you know of everything that happened inside of the heights up there but also it's just a beautiful story that's told that I believe that everyone should see because it's all it's told by people of color you know Hispanic black Latino you know it tells it tells all that and I think that's great because those stories aren't really told that often 
So I feel like if you get the opportunity to see something of that magnitude, I believe that you should see it, especially if it's something like this. So I think also um, you mentioned about the gentrification. And of course, there's a this weekend, there also is another thing going on called the Treme. Um, is, is Treme starting this weekend, Jamila? The patron party tomorrow. And But the, but the, the next is next Saturday. weekend. So next weekend, the Treme um, Festival is happening. And, and that's all about the development of Treme historically. But also, again, you have the challenges in Treme, which is the oldest Black neighborhood in America, gentrifying. And I live in Treme, so I, I, I see it. Literally. I used to live over there. I had to move. What? I used to live over there and I, I, I moved and I was trying to find another place over there, but those houses are crazy expensive than what they used to be. I know. Uh, yeah. I have a big old house on Esplanade that we bought for a fraction of what even most affordable houses today cost. So we just lucked out in terms of when we bought, but um, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. The whole issue of the, we could talk about housing forever, but, yeah. uh, but Treme is, is a very important neighborhood. I wish you were living here still, Neil, and you need to, because we need to keep the creative spirit of the legacy of New Orleans alive in these old neighborhoods. So I've been thinking about how one of the ways that we could address this gentrification is to have folks who moved out east at some point when they thought they were moving to the suburbs and that was gonna be a greater, a better place to live, to come back. I mean, there's a lot of families that own, uh, that live in the east now still own properties in Treme. And I, I say, come back, you need to come back because we, we can't let this, this area uh, become completely transformed from um, its history. So right. think about that. Tell me if you want if you want me to watch out for signs that say for sale and I'll 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 keep you on that. Yeah for sure send, send me some for sure. <laughs> um so so where do you go from uh here? Um uh this is uh, I'm sorry to hear that there are only two two weekends that's being performed. Uh, would you share that with people by the way because that's really important. If you want to see this Oh, you know, we haven't talked about the dance yet either. I want to talk about that. But um, mm -hmm. uh, if if uh, see, people want to see this, they have to come either this weekend or next weekend, right? Um, so this weekend coming up is the last weekend. So oh, Fridays, wow. okay. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are the last days of the show. Okay. Um, Friday and Saturday, show starts at 7.30, and um, the doors open for 7 o'clock. And then on Sunday, we have a matinee, and matinee starts for 2.30, and the doors open for 2 o'clock. Now, for folks who are not familiar with the facility, because you've got people in Orleans, you know, who barely move off their own block, right? So uh -huh. explain to people uh, exactly where the, uh, the uh, Jefferson Parish Arts Center is. Yeah, um, the Jefferson Parish Arts Center is in Metairie, I believe. Um, let me see. Can you check that? I believe it's down airline. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I believe the address for the Performing Arts Center is sixty four hundred Airline Drive, uh, Metairie, Louisiana. It's uh, if you go, you go straight past. Like it's like right past where the Saints and Pelicans perform. I mean practice, and I believe they're both on the left hand side. If you keep straight down airline, you're gonna see this big beautiful silver building that says Jefferson Parish. Jefferson Performing Arts Society or Jefferson Performance Arts Center. And it's gonna, you know, have a 
I believe there's a baseball field there as well. It's really nice. It's really cool. You'll see it. It's right down the airline. Okay. I think that that'll get people there. And I assume that that has a parking area. So people. Yeah, there's a lot of parking there. That's something I always want to address because I don't go any place where I can't figure out the parking. Yeah. Driving the French Quarter might not be nice for you then. So uh, where do you go from here? Where, what, uh, what's your next uh, stop, uh, stop? And uh, tell me what you're aiming for. And, uh, and let's not forget, I want to come back and talk about the dance too. Because I'm, I'm a former dancer. That was my creative practice. Yeah. Former right now, I can tell you. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I wish, you know, I would like deep down in my core like I wish that it was possible that this show could like we can extend the show that'd be great I mean heck if we if we were good enough I mean I think we are good enough we're way past good enough for we could tour you know that's what I would want I'd want us to tour the show just around you know around Louisiana or like you know Louisiana Texas Alabama like you know south to like different schools and different things like that um but if not, then once the show is over, then I'm going to get back to working on my own music, my own projects. So you um, also are writing your own work? Yeah, before the before I auditioned for the musical, I was working on my own project. I was working on um, doing my first ever like, you know, mixtape or um, LP or anything of the sort because you know I've been around music all my life I've made music all my life I've done things with my family I've done theater but I've never tried to you know put myself out there personally by my own self because I'm like you know when I'm doing theater and musical theater like I'm putting myself out there as an actor but I'm doing someone else's work right. you know what I'm saying so so someone else's um story and messages are being put across to the world but I haven't personally done that and you know, put my message or my inspiration out into the world. And I've always wanted to do that. So uh, that's what I'll be working on once the musical ends. Um, I was thinking about auditioning for another musical or another play if it came around, but I'm kind of in the mindset of only auditioning for you know shows that add something to me creatively as an actor. Because throughout college, I already did the, you know, audition for everything just to get a role, just to get the practice in. And now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm building a resume, but also trying to build myself as an actor with stronger roles. Um, you know, um, I, I want to recommend you to um, a woman I know named Jamima Brady, who I don't know whether you uh, talked with her at all. Um, she works, has been doing some work with us at the... Um, Creative Alliance of New Orleans, but um, she's a singer and she did exactly what you just said you, you want to do. She just got out there and she made her, what would you call your, the, the tape that you did? It's not a mixed tape. Excuse me, a, a music cool. video. And, um, and it all, it's had how many views now? Like 40,000. 40,000 views. She just did this on her own. Yeah. She, did, she didn't go get some big old grant or investment. She really figured out how to put it together her, on her own. You should chat with her because uh, she's very committed to developing her uh, uh, vocal commit um, career. And uh, um, she she did, I, I was just amazed when when she got this, and you know, it's beautiful. How, how can he find your- um... It's on YouTube, it's called Nighttime by Jamima Joel. Uh, it's also, called Nighttime by Jamima Joel. A painter. Paint my video. She she paints while she uh, does her singing, so that's one of her 
um, particular uh, uh, ideas that she developed. But um, she's inspired typed. by the way she got off the ground. She's just a recent graduate. And um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, to be corny, I have to use the Nike's slogan, just do it. Just, just do, it, do right. it. Right? You did. That's what she did. She just did it. Right. So, I mean, she says, feel free to call her. I got you. <laughs> and uh, I encourage that. Um, and I'll, we'll, we'll trade numbers uh, offline. Well, I'm, I'm, I hope I can get out there. I really do. Uh, I'm not going out very much right now because I just had these surgeries. Um, but um, I really should go because the, the film inspired me so much. The dancing is crazy, right? Oh my gosh, dancing is so good. I've never learned how to, I, I never moved my hips so much in my life. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. Never moved them so much, but it's, it's, it's really good. We, we were rehearsing, rehearsing, you know, all thanks to Michelle, all thanks to AJ, all thanks to Gabby, you know, like they are incredible with this choreography and we worked it, worked it, worked it. And when you come, when you see the, um, you'll see the, if you come, you'll see the club number, which is like spectacular, which transforms to blackout, which is one of my favorite segments that we do. But then there's also uh, Carnival and uh, that is beautiful, colorful, so much dancing, so much energy, so much happiness. I got to get out there. I got to figure yeah. out. Yeah, we're we're showing support to every. We're showing support to a lot there, and I think you'd really enjoy it. It's really nice, Neil. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's really nice. I'm really excited that this is being shown here. Um, kudos to the folks who decided it was important to do. And uh, it, it speaks to our community so much. And I really think we underplay the importance of dance in New Orleans. We take it for granted. We're out there in the streets dancing all the time, dancing in the clubs, but we don't treat it as an art form. And yeah. uh, we, we need to do more of that. So I, I was very excited about this happening. And um, I really enjoyed meeting you. And I hope that we'll have a chance to meet in person sometime. And I for sure need to check in with Jamima. And, um, you know, just a world of luck to you in, in your pursuits. And and uh, closing line, just do it. <laughs> Thank you. Just do it. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you so much. And have yeah. a great performing this weekend. Thank you so much. With just enough in the heights, I flip the lights and start my day. Okay, Mark Raymond um, is the CEO of Split Second Foundation, and we've just had a few split seconds together trying to um, compensate for some kind of kaflui caused by, let's blame it on Cox. Cox's Wi-Fi is not working right, and therefore we're having problems. And um, at, at any rate, he is um, also... A uh, new chair, I don't know how new, but I know that you're chair for RTA, the Regional Transit Authority, so we, you're, he's involved in that as well. But today what we're talking about is a gala for his foundation that he is CEO for called Split Second Foundation. And it's a really interesting organization that addresses a fairly specific 
but common issue. And that is, I'll just stop there and let Mark explain because I would only be paraphrasing him. So go ahead. Hi, well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, first, I need to introduce your audience to what was my split second moment. Um, I had a, a bad diving accident six years ago that left me paralyzed from uh, just below the chest down. So I have some arm function, but I'm a full-time wheelchair user. And so navigating the healthcare system uh, in that in, in the infancy after my, my injury and you know, then being introduced to all of the barriers that exist in society for people with different disabling conditions really um, motivated me to create an organization that would help provide resources and programs to people suffering or, you know, experiencing, let me say, different disabling conditions. Um, one of the glaring needs that I saw, one of the first ones was the need for a fitness program. Um, and, and that was just a simple solution because, you know, you go through inpatient therapy and insurance dictates that you only get six to eight weeks. So once you get discharged from that setting, you they refer you to outpatient therapy where you may get, let's say for me, it was a year. Um, before therapists are reporting that, you know, you haven't made any functional gain and insurance is saying that we have to discharge you from this again, but you need to go home and continue to do these exercises uh, with your family members. But oh anybody who, uh, who lives this life, right, or is a caregiver, you, you know that there's just not enough time in the day to do all of it, um, you know, to be the caregiver, then to work out with that person and make sure that they stay healthy to maintain bone integrity and, you know, all of the things that it really takes for human beings to live a healthy lifestyle, which requires exercise. And we have no idea how complicated that all is until we hit a roadblock of some kind that shifts the entire paradigm so that you have to kind of relearn how to live. I mean, I, as I mentioned to you in, in our previous conversation, I'm, I'm going through this myself. My husband just had a, a freak accident. Life changes. Yeah. That fractured knees, he's going to be working out for a long time in the skilled nursing home. And I love the word skilled. We can talk about that another time. But um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a total, I mean, you, you, you've learned from your life before but you have to learn a new life. It, exactly. And that's why we named the organization Split Second, because it is those moments that introduces us to this completely new life that we have to adapt to, you know, midway through the lives that we're already living and used to. And so um, I really wanted to focus on creating the types of programs and resources that could guide people to a good quality of life quickly. Right. For me, it took, God, like two years before I was really in a good place, both mentally um, and physically and emotionally. Right. It just uh, it is such a journey. And I wanted to lend my experience, all of those things that I learned, uh, all of the resources that I got co connected to back to people going through similar situations. So their process could be more efficient than mine. And 
getting back to living life the way that it should be lived. Um, so our fitness program, we opened the doors in February of 2021. We charge $50 a month with that. Our clients get access to the facilities and two one-on-one -on -one sessions per week. Uh, so really it's like an $850 value because most people living, you know, with a disability can't afford this type of rehab, right? Or th this type of continued recovery and exercise. Um, so we subsidize that cost by throwing events like our big show of love gala that's coming up October 22nd. Um, you know, it, it, this is something... I, I went to Sacramento, California and participated in a program similar to this. And they were charging, you know, between hundred bucks or $75 an hour and hundred bucks an hour for, for clients to go. And so I, I spent three months there. I was going two hours a day, five days a week and just burned through cash. Um, and I was blessed to be in that situation where I could do that, but it wasn't sustainable. So when I was creating this program and thinking through you know, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to provide it to, to clients in this area, in this market, you know, I just knew I didn't want to charge that price and really put that burden on people like that. Um, one, I didn't see it as a business model that would survive. And two, I, I wanted to focus on the impact and not making money. Um, and so because of that, you know, now a, a year and six months later, We've seen over 150 clients uh, and growing. I, I, I was joking with my director a few minutes ago, like every time I come in this place, I, I meet somebody new, uh, you know, or somebody else is thanking me for creating this place. And, you know, it's, it's become a whole lot more than just a fitness center. It's become a community center, you know, right, right. Uh, where people come to build relationships and hang out with their friends and, be around people that get their life situation. And, uh, and I, I think that's been the most impactful part of this work. Um, you know, so not only are we seeing, you know, the physical outcomes where we've had clients who have um, gotten so much better that they're taking breaks and, you know, where they were rolling in this place in the wheelchair, now they're, you know, out of the wheelchair and driving cars and, you know, and, and in progress also from those physical outcomes looks different for everyone. Like um, I, I couldn't transfer myself into and out of the bed a year and a half ago. And I really focused on building that upper body strength so I could do that. Now I can, um, you know. In, That's what my husband is doing right this minute as we speak, is learning how to, is building up his upper body strength in order to get in and out of the the bed to the wheelchair. That's amazing. Yeah. Transfer skills, you know, and, and what motivated me to really focus on that was one day I had a client who has a similar injury, injury to me came in and transferred on the mat all by himself. And I was like, well, if he could do it, I could do it. Right. I just got to do it. I just got to focus on it and get it done. Um, so that's been amazing. The fitness center is doing well. And is now like the base of what we do. But we also recently were awarded a grant from Blue Cross Blue Shield for $100,000 to create our mental health and case management program that we're calling Split Second Cares. And it's actually going to be 
I think way more than just mental health and case management. Um, my mother had the beautiful idea of uh, creating a network of caregivers too uh that we're gonna include under this umbrella we need because it. caregivers need support oh and love my God, we need it and care you know you need resources you need a pat on the back you need that that same experience that i'm giving to the guy in the chair my mom needs to give to other moms and wives and daughters going through these same situations you know navigating these waters is it's not easy uh and we we all have loved ones, right? That, you know, we want to see thrive and live the best lives possible. Like she would never give up on me. And all the moms here have that same attitude. I, I was another joke. I had a client in here with his mom and we, we call all the moms mom. Like, you know, it's just, and you say mom in here and six people turn around, right? It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's that environment, but it, we lean on each other and we've learned that, um, you know, sometimes we can't wait for the healthcare system or the government to create the assets that we need. Um, we just have to act and we just have to do it. And that's what we've done. Well, I, I, I'm just blown away um, by what you're doing in general, but personally for me at the moment it's it's so relevant it's it's just weird uh weirdly irrelevant weirdly relevant but um let's talk about the gala for just a bit and then we're going to follow up and we're going to have another conversation on this um because so, i i do want to track what you're doing and learn more and um, i'd really like to see about doing a, a video piece on it as well i mean i have video with you but i'd like to do some video in the um in your space, if that's uh, possible. But, Absolutely. Uh, tell me about the gala. So our gala is called a show of love gala. Um, and this year's theme is love is a verb, right? Love is an action word. Love requires work. It's, it's not just um, love is more than a word. It, it's, it's an action. Uh, and it's very intentional because the work that we do in this community is an act of love. Uh, the work that I've done to build this place and provide a home for so many people, a resource for so many people has been that. And uh, so it just made so much sense and felt so good to be able to bring this, this event to life. Uh, it's October 22nd at the Contemporary Arts Center um from 7 30 to midnight we've got entertainment by big sam's funky nation uh, dj rockaway and manny fresh super excited about that we've got a silent auction with almost 70 items i mean staycations experiences wine baskets restaurant certificates you name it it's on there um also Wait, this is a live auction at the event or this is a raffle in advance it's a silent auction that's that's oh. live right now. People can start bidding on items now. Oh, okay. How do you do that? Um, the link, I will share the link with you so you can share it with your audience. Sure. But I'm glad you mentioned raffle because we're also raffling off a 2022 Honda Accord. $25 raffle tickets uh, for people to get a chance to win this brand new black on black beautiful Honda Accord. Uh, proceeds, of course, to benefit the organization and help us continue doing the work that we're doing. Um, 
We've got some special guests coming, Real Housewives from Dallas, Miss Tiffany Moon. Super excited about her because she's a doctor as well and she gets it. Um, also, Reagan Charleston is one of the hosts and Timmy Doe. So it's just going to be a really, really fun night. You got the celebs, the music, and the cause. I mean, it's it's just, it's a powerhouse and I think you're going to do brilliantly. And um, it would be great if, uh, I mean, you know, at the same time that my husband had that accident, I had surgery. So um, hopefully I can get there at least uh, at, and, and, uh, and see what you're doing. And I'm going to be sharing this interview with him. Make sure sometimes he listens to my show and sometimes he doesn't. I'm going to make sure he listens to this one. Um, Mark Raymond, um, all, um, all good things for you uh, and, and in return for all the good things you're doing for all of us. And uh, I hope it's a big, big success. And it's October. Thank you so much, Jim, for letting me know. CAC. You were going to give me the link for the um, for the uh, silent auction. You can just tell all your listeners to go to splitsecondfoundation.org backslash love. Backslash. And they can access the silent auction from there, the raffle tickets, and everything. There you go. All right. Well, um, hope it, it's just grand.